welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. And if that sounds different, it's because I changed the name of the podcast. Why? Because I can. It's my podcast. But it's Sports with a Cuppa because it's kind of an, an ode to the old Spurs coffee gang. Patty Mills coined the term cuppa, which is in reference to a cup of coffee, which I haven't have. So cheers. Puerto Rican. All right. We're two days away from the draft. So before we really dive into it, and this is the Spurs-specific draft episode, I need to re-educate the fans. Or not even re-educate. It's, uh, I want to give you a different way of looking and thinking about the draft. <clears throat> so first thing, I just need you to unlearn what you've learned. Okay? First thing, stop listening to the, I'm using air quotes, experts on TV. There are no experts in this, plain and simple. It's not that they don't know the game and they don't know how to assess talent. It's just you can't predict anyone's future. So how they rank players and view players doesn't mean they're right <laughs> just because they're on TV. Okay. So just keep that in mind <clears throat> as you watch the draft. Second thing, you need to remove the term reach from your vocabulary and your thought process. Last year's draft taught me that there really isn't a such thing as a reach. When the Spurs took Primo, that's all anyone could say. It was, oh man, what a reach, what a reach, yada, yada, yada. But then when you really think about it, especially since we've had the year to watch him play and get to know him, now I don't think there's a Spurs fan that would trade him for anything. So to me, it's not a reach because really that's just, a, that's a TV term to, for the experts to sound like they know what they're talking about. What happened was Primo killed his interview and the Spurs said, this is the guy we want in our program. So that right there makes it a non-reach. It makes it the best pick that they can make for them. So, yeah, the mock drafts are cool and all that. Just to get an idea of where guys are going or who we might get. But at the end of the day, there's talent up and down the boards, and we don't know who is going to be great from this draft. You know, we could say it's Holmgren and Smith and Ivy, but we don't know. We don't know. Look at Manu. Look at Jokic. He got drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, and he's a two-time MVP. So nobody knows anything. But it's still fun. And that's the fun of it. It's like Christmas. You don't know what you're going to get. Hopefully we don't get a tie or some socks. But before we get into the picks, let's run down some rumors real quick. Spurs are rumored to be going after the number four pick. In all likelihood, trying to get to Keegan Murray to solve our stretch four problem. Makes sense. Uh, problem, you're battling the Wizards, the Knicks, and the Pacers for that pick. And you're also battling 
the Kings front office because that's probably the worst front office in the league. So who knows what they're going after, what they want. Um, the other teams are operating under a little more desperation than we are. You know, the Wizards, I presume, are going to be able to keep Bradley Beal. So they obviously are desperate to continue to put talent around him. They got Przingis last year. They have Kuzma, who played really well. Caldwell Pope. You know, they got some pieces there. So I'm sure, like, Jaden Ivey is just tantalizing for them. The Knicks are just... The, <laughs> the Knicks are always in a... They're in a constant state of desperation. Um, and then the Pacers are kind of... They're in the, I mean, they're kind of in the same boat as the Spurs. They're in kind of a... They're in a rebuild, but they've got a nice foundation there with Halliburton, with Chris Duarte, who I really liked coming out of Oregon last year. But let's see what they do with Miles Turner and Brogdon. See if they re-sign Levert. It looks like Warren's going to walk away, but it's not too big of a deal for them. So these other teams have better packages to offer for the four pick. I think we have a competitive package, but I don't think it's the kind of package we're willing to give up. I could be wrong. I didn't see the Derek White trade coming, per se. But, I mean, we're talking in the realm of giving up like a Keldon Johnson for the four. I don't know if I love that. As a matter of fact, I don't love that. Um, Devin Vassell, I can live with a little bit more, but even then... We're just starting to tap into who he's going to become, and I'd like to see that get fulfilled rather than go grab a Keegan Murray, who by all accounts is probably going to be really, really good. But I am I think I'm kind of more like the Spurs front office, and I, I'm going to dance with the guys I brung. Yeah, I've got to have a little loyalty in this game. So I don't think we're going to be able to... to secure the four pick from Sacramento who knows what they're going to do they're going to do something they're going to make the trade but who knows the second one is one that's a little funnier to me uh the Wizards have rumored to have offered a package for DeJounte this is funny because right off the bat I can tell you there's just no package they have. Unless they were to get the number four pick and then give it to us, there's just no package that I would accept for DeJounte. But I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. And what would a package for DeJounte look like? Obviously, right off the bat, it starts with the number 10, right? Now, it'd be better if that was a higher pick. It'd be a lot easier to stomach if it was a higher pick. Like I said, if they can secure the four and then turn it around for us, great. But I don't I don't see that happening, per se. But, you know, right now DeJounte's making, what, $16.5 million? And I think any deal, player-wise, it's going to have to start with Kyle Kuzma. I think he's... I don't know if he's necessarily on that list. 
of players that the Spurs covet. But we know they like him. Um, there's team options for Heichmer and, and Advia. I have to double check to see if those have gotten picked up or not. Or if they're going to pick them up. But there isn't a great package there. But maybe something with Kuzma and maybe a Daniel Gafford who had just got an extension. Uh, he's a nice he's a nice big man. And then some kind of combination of Hachimura or Avia. I mean, that's what I would at least expect to get back. But again, I just I it's just not good enough for me. I wouldn't accept that any kind of package from the I wouldn't expect anything other than an enormous haul for Dejounte. So, and then there's the all the other rumors, but there's a more, more free agency specific one. So we'll get to that in the coming days after the draft. You know, could we move up? Maybe. Could we move down? Maybe. So, but let's get to the picks. 9, 20, 25, and 38. So right off the bat, first question, are we keeping all the picks? Logically speaking, no. Could we? Yes, but we're probably not going to. So it's going to come down to, can we package to move up? Are we going to trade out and get futures? You know, which And which picks would those be? And it's really hard to say. But let's start with the nine. And they've interviewed and worked out the usual, you know, the the expected guys, you know, Duran, Williams, uh, Johnny Davis, Benick Matherin, Jeremy Sowen from Baylor. Um, so right now it's kind of uh, what makes the most sense. And right off the bat, I would say Jeremy Sowen makes the most sense, right? 6'9", stretch 4, plays good defense, super athletic, can knock down some threes. Don't have to start him right away. He was Big 12, 6th man of the year, so he knows his role. He can work into the... I, he would need to work into that starting role because I think Keldon needs to slide down to his natural spot at the 3 and really be able to take advantage of the big body. But that's, a, that's the logical pick. Plus... There's no guarantee he's going to be there at 9. And we don't know if that's the position. We don't know what positions they feel are positions of need. We on the outside see stretch 4 as the whole. They may not. Now, there's a high upside pick. And that's Benedict Matherin. Johnny Davis is a nice player. He's kind of a... I look at him like a Derek White 2.0. But Benedict Matherin could be special. I'm not going to label him high risk, high reward. But there is some risk to him not being as great as 
we think he could be. But there's high reward if he does. And by all accounts, if you pay attention to the rumors, with a good grain of salt, of course, the Spurs are looking to fill that off-guard spot. They want someone to pair with him, with DeJounte. Matherin could grow into that guy. Primo could, too. But Matherin could definitely fill that spot. And then there's the kind of, I guess you could call it a swing for the fences. I'm not going to call it a reach, but there's kind of one that makes the offseason a little more complicated, and that's Jalen Durant. Anybody that's watched the film knows this kid could be special. 18 years old, 6'11", 7'2", wingspan. Good athlete. I mean, he's not like a DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard athlete, but he's a good athlete. Now, there's a couple of different thought processes I have with this. Now, going back to last summer, the Spurs signed Zach Collins and Jacques Landau. To me, this signaled a change in thought process of what they want from the five spot, and that's floor spacing. Okay. Then at the deadline, they had a reported deal with Charlotte to trade Jakob to Charlotte. And now I'm talking about the Spurs drafting a traditional big. So my thought on who they should draft at nine versus what their thought processes contradicts each other. But Duran is a special kind of athlete for the five spot. I mean, think back to the days of watching David Robinson run the floor. This kid runs the floor even better. I'm not saying he's going to be David Robinson because he doesn't shoot like David did, but I mean, transition defense would be much improved with this kid. But then it begs the question, well, do they want a traditional five or are they trying to go the route of the new modern big? And that's a that's an interesting question. That's a question we will get answered on draft night. I like the idea of Duran, especially if we maintain the 20th pick and pick someone like a Jake LaRivia or a EJ, I think it's, is it Lytle, Liddell, whatever, uh, from Ohio State. Those guys can fill the stretch four spot. They're both talented players. Or do we go and try to jump into the John Collins sweepstakes, Jeremy Grant? You know, there's there's other options to fill the four spot, but there's also other options to fill the five spot if you wanted to go that route. So I think the main question is, are they still looking to move on from Jakob? If they ever were in the beginning. They could stick with Jakob and just fill the stretch four spot which could help not alleviate, but kind of mask his deficiencies in the versatility department. You know, proper stretch forward covering that weak side defense is going to make Jakob's life easier and is going to make it look better. 
That's why I think at the end of the day, if Jeremy Sowen's there at nine, that's the pick. But I won't be shocked at any other pick like a Matherin, a Johnny Davis, Duran, even Mark Williams. Um, and then be on the lookout for a Primo-esque pick. Just a guy that nobody perceived to be going that high. And that they think, you know what? He may not be there at 20. So let's get him now at 9. Who knows? I don't know who that would be. Like, it just depends on who they who they really want. Who came in and killed their job interview? We don't know. So now you make the 9 pick. We'll call it Jeremy Sowen for now. So now you got to decide which one which picks are you keeping now? The 20 or 25. To me, it comes down to who's available and also how are you trying to save any money in the cap? Because there is a rookie scale. There is a little difference between 20 and 25. Not huge, but a little bit. So you could theoretically see them saying, you know what, we're going to trade out of the 20 for futures and we'll just pick a 25 because they have been proven to be able to pick good players past the 25th pick. And when it comes to that, there's, I want to say there's a good handful of guys. Kendall Brown, who they've worked out, and we can make an all-Baylor draft. Of course, last year I thought it was going to be an all-UT draft, and I was completely wrong. You know, does Jake LaRivia fall that far? EJ? Uh, I'm not a Jovich guy. I know a lot of people like him, but I, I'm not high on him. Could still be into being really good, but I'm just not real high on him. There was a prospect that I liked, Leonard Miller, from Canada, but he has gone the G League route, so that takes an option away. Uh... Some mocks have had us taking Patrick Baldwin Jr. from Milwaukee. He, I, I, he's confident, but man, he just didn't show enough for me to go twenty-five. Not that it would be a reach. It's just let me let me rephrase. I just don't know if I would want him on this team. Um, I would rather like a guy like Marjan Bochamp fall to twenty-five. Um, maybe we take, you know, Dalen Terry from Arizona, huge guard, well, not huge, but like really tall guard, has good game. Uh, if you're looking for more wing help, Bryce McGowan's from Nebraska's got a good, an interesting frame that needs to fill out, but a nice game. I also really like Wendell Moore from Duke. Good defender, can handle the ball, good shooter. Or if you want to still get a big man, maybe a Christian Coloco from Arizona. Good shot blocker, has a little range in shooting. But I don't see us carrying four bigs. Unless they still do them. Unless they still think they're going to do a move with Jakob, but... Who knows? 
But me personally, I would like to see the Spurs move up from the 20. Trade out of 25, move up from the 20, and secure Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I really like this kid. Well-rounded game. Good wingspan. He's going to come in. He's going to be able to play defense right away. But our rotation is a little bit jammed at this point. See, again, there's other questions that are going to come from this. Like, what are you going to do with Doug McDermott? What are you going to do with Josh Richardson? What about Lonnie? You know, there's three guys kind of in the way for young guys to come in. But uh, if we could secure a combination of Jalen Duran or um, Jeremy Soan and Jalen Williams or uh, Jake LaRivia, I'd be pretty happy with that. Who knows who's going to even be available? Who knows what kind of moves we make? But the main thing is just keep an open mind. Don't get disappointed if you don't hear someone's name. They're taking these guys for a reason. And it should be exciting. I will say this before I go. Second round pick, I hope they go a little funky. I'm hoping for Kenny Lofton Jr. That's just me. I see a new Boris Diaw right there. I would love to see him or David Roddy. I think these guys that have just big bodies, big frames, but they're good athletes. They're good basketball players. I'd love to see somebody like that. Plus, it would just make the Austin Spurs games a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Uh, other names to keep a lookout for. Uh, Ryan Rollins showed his shooting ability at the Combine. Um, Christian Braun coming out of that Kansas program that even Bill Self himself said, we we, we operate kind of like the Spurs, paraphrasing. So they could be good fits here. So keep an eye out for that. And basically we will see what happens on Thursday. <laughs> it's... It could go so many ways. There's a hundred scenarios. And they may take somebody else. They could take A.J. Griffin at nine. They could take Dyson Daniels at nine. They may not make a pick at nine. They may trade. Who knows? And that's the fun part about it. So, yeah. Let's find, we'll find out Thursday. And uh, keep an eye out for my draft react on, hopefully on Friday. Listen, have a good one.